Welcome to Open Plaza, created by the Hispanic Theological Initiative. In this episode, veteran educators Norma McCormick and Rita Cedillo talk about their Christian journey and how that sowed a desire to serve students and families in public schools along the Texas-Mexico border. For more information about today's episode, visit htiopenplaza.org. So welcome to the HTI Open Plaza podcast. My name is Norma Ortiz McCormick, and I'm very blessed to be here today. Over the past 28 years, I have worked in public education at various capacities. I'm so happy to be here with my former colleague who has become a friend, Ms. Rita Cedillo. Rita and I, we worked together in the public education space, and we served underserved and underrepresented students and families. We help those in need attain greater opportunities for themselves and their families. So how are you doing today, Rita? Please tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, Norma. I am Hi. doing great. Thank the Lord. Um, I'm just so honored to be part of this podcast and just to share our stories of how the Lord has brought us to, to this day. So we thank the Lord for that. Um, my name is Rita Cedillo. I am 51 years old, and I just thank the Lord with the journey that he has allowed us to live, and I know we're going to be sharing that in a couple of minutes, so thank you, Norma. You're welcome, Rita, and you know, as we were talking about today, I was thinking about our background and our faith and, and how it developed through the years and you know we have different stories of our faith to share but as I was piecing everything together for today it made me reflect on my paternal grandmother Aurora and the community that I used to live in Reynosa, Tamaulipas uh, across the border from the Rio Grande Valley in Texas and I remember I think I was about four years old and there was a lady who would host praise and worship in her house in the front of her yard and they would set up chairs and they had music and it was every week and they would be there doing praise and worship and I would just join a lot of us little kids we would go and we yes. join and, and do praise and worship and I had so much joy when when I would do that and I remember I was little about four years old and I was thinking about how my paternal grandmother, Aurora, may she rest in peace, would take me also to church, but she would walk me from where we lived across the border and to the town of Hidalgo, Texas. And she would take me to a church there and we would go through the service and they also, it was praise and worship and they had music and we had so much fun. And then at the end of the, uh, of the mass, they would send her home with a bag of groceries. And I remember holding my grandmother's hand and walking all the way back. I don't know how many miles. I haven't checked, but it was a few miles away wow. from where we lived that we would just do that walk. And then once a month, I know it was multiple times, I would be there in, uh, in line with my grandmother and holding her hand again. I have this image. I'm always holding my grandmother's hand waiting in line patiently because I think it was the same people 
that from Hidalgo who would come over and they would provide people with cheese, with honey, with bread. And we would line up by the railroad tracks and they would park under the bridge in that community. Mm -hmm. And it was a long line to get all of those things. And we were so grateful. And I think that all of that started that journey for me of, of faith in God, of seeing God through other people who provided for me and served my family when my family had a lot of need. And so I, you know, I was reflecting on that and I was wondering for you with your journey also in your faith, you know, I'd like for you to tell us a little bit about that. How did that start and who started that for you and uh, how did that grow for you? Amen. I was born in a Christian home. My dad was a pastor of an apostolic assembly church, which is the Pentecostal church. And that just, um, my journey there, I was born in Austin, Texas. And just seeing my mother as a pastor's wife, serving with so much love, training me as a child to love the Lord with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, with all my strength. And just her being my teacher just gave me a reflection of who I wanted to be. So as I continued growing, um, I just wanted to just serve. I, as you were talking about your grandmother, it reminds me about my grandmother who would also uh, take me to her ranch in Ejido Lázaro Cárdenas, Nuevo León every summer. And sometimes she wouldn't invite me, but I was like the chicle que no se despegaba, that gum that would never, you know, let her go. So I would go with her every summer. I had cousins over there. I had friends. And I think at the age of eight years old, I started teaching them English. Uh, we started singing at our local church. And I just, those wonderful memories of just being there every summer and uh, being part of that community and just um, giving back because I've had a very blessed life as I was growing up. Um, we weren't, as you could say, uh, wealthy uh, with money wise, but we had so much wealth in everything else that we had. And I thank the Lord for my journey. So that's where I started as a young child and now, as a woman, I'm here in Paraguay, so uh, God has been so good. <laughs> Thank you, Rita. You know, as we were talking about community, I've shared with people that community to me is so important. And I think it has to go back to my experiences growing up in that community where we would get together and just everybody would just get together and do praise and worship, but also where if I had uh, a birthday party, I remember I have a little picture when I was four years old and everybody in the neighborhood would just show up. You just expected that the neighbors would show up. If somebody got married in that neighborhood, we would all show up to the wedding. Everybody showed up to my quinceañera when I had it there at my Tia Maria's house. They were all there. No invitation required. You knew there was something, you would just show up. And that's the way I was brought up. So everywhere I go, I always look at creating community for myself. I love yeah. and support others. It's really important for me to feel like I'm contributing also to the community that contributed to me. That's why I think all that work with Gear Up meant 
so much to me because it is about building community, finding the resources for those communities and providing what they need and helping them make those dreams come true. And I think going back to our faith, you know, for so long, people were giving to me and I finally had an opportunity to give back through service, uh, through providing service to a community. First of all, you know, where, where I used to live, it was more at that point in time, I was there till the age of uh, five. And then we came over to the United States and I actually lived in Hidalgo for a while with my family. And so when I decided what I was gonna do in the future, I, I wanted to figure out a way to help others, just like I had been helped um, with understanding about financial aid, post-secondary options. And that's how I ended up with Gear Up. And that's how you and I ended up working together as specialists at a service center, where the service center provides educational support to a region of 38 districts and charter systems. And so we had the opportunity of working with Gear Up that focuses on underserved and underrepresented students. And we worked specifically at that time with families, right? And they were so grateful after we would do our lessons on education and the importance of access and opportunity and resources. Um, I just want you to share a little bit about that time, what you saw in the community and how you felt after providing that support and that service. Yes, Norma, um, there's a saying that when you find what you love, you never work a day in your life. And when I went into education, I taught seven years and I thank the Lord because after the seventh year, God opened the doors for me to apply for Gear Up. I didn't know at the moment the blessings it would be in my life. And I was there about 13, 14 years, uh, seven years as a facilitator and six years at region one. And just providing all the services to our children, to our families just brought so much satisfaction because I knew that we were doing God's work because we would see our families um, having their dreams uh, become a reality. Uh, They were seeing their children graduate and it was just a dream job. And those memories, all those memories that I have from Gear Up Uh, It was just about serving. It was about serving others. And uh, when we would take them to our national conferences in San Francisco and in uh, Washington, D.C., and just not only seeing the faces of the children, but also seeing the parents that we took for them to share their testimonies was just everything. So I thank the Lord, first of all, for that. A dream job because I never worked a day in my life. It was just serving. And I thank the Lord for that, um, that opportunity he gave me to work with Gear Up and meet amazing people like you and the people who we um, work with, Ellie and, and Ricardo and Nicole and everybody from Region 1 that just served with so much passion and serve with all their hearts, a servant's heart. Yeah, Rita, and I remember um, a lot of people, as I look back on my trajectory in education, 
would tell us you're actually doing God's work. Right. And I think as you reflect on it later, you realize that you we were actually doing God's work. We That's were right. there to provide service to our community. It was not about us. It's about it was about serving and serving to the best of our ability, using our gifts and talents and everything that God gave us to provide for somebody else so that they could decide what they wanted to do with their future, whether whatever it was, college, career, post-secondary options, but just so that they could have more opportunity and more access and uh, just their quality of life, all of those things that people have to decide. But I know that for myself, as I have told people, my sometimes bits of my story, I know mm -hmm. what it's like. I tell them to live in a house that's just their dirt floor and not having, not knowing tomorrow or tonight what I'm going to have for dinner because we didn't have a fridge. And so my mm -hmm. mom would send me to go buy something at the little store and come back or send somebody else to go get something. And I know that still there's a lot of people who, yeah, they might have a fridge and everything else, but they might not know what they're going to have to provide for, for their families, what meals they might have available for their families. And so that to me is why it was so important. I was in gear up since 1999 and um, I started at region one in 2004 and I served there 18 years. I couldn't mm -hmm. believe that was there 18 years because when, when I, I was there for 15, I started getting really nervous and saying, I've been here 15 years. Am I supposed to go somewhere else? <laughs> am I following God's will for my life? Am I doing everything I'm supposed to do? Uh, am I missing something? But the thing was for me is that I was able to serve in different positions as a specialist, coordinator, director. And every position allowed me to expand um, more resources for the community. And so that made my heart happy that I, that they were able to somehow in there, I was, uh, God was able to use me to give back to that community. Right. And so I retired after 28 years. And mm -hmm. sometimes when you think about all of those transitions, as you were talking about your background, I used to be a sixth grade, um, I used to teach self-contained for a little bit, and then I had a special ed classroom. I was a reading teacher, and then a facilitator at the middle school and in high school, then a specialist at region one, coordinator, director. Every transition that we go through is so interesting because right. we were talking about like liminal spaces. Um, I studied liminal spaces for a while as I myself was going through a transition and I was like, where am I going next, God? What am I supposed to do next? What is my next assignment that I need to do? And so I learned that for me, a lot of times it's just sitting there in a quiet place and asking God to provide me with that guidance and That's to right. trust that God is going to provide the best for me. Um, and just to say, you know what? We're in the liminal space right, right now between these two areas. We don't know what's going to happen yet, but trust that God is, is there and that God wants the best for you. That's right. And so a lot of people are going through all these transitions and sometimes they, they lose faith. That's they right. lose hope. 
what are some things that, you know, when we look at the, at the Bible and we look at our faith that we can share that can help them remember that God is always there? That's right. You know, Norma, this reminds me of the time when um, I had to leave Gara because uh, my mom had passed away during that time, 2013. And for someone to lose a mom, um, I wasn't ready for that. And I was in shock and I would cry out to the Lord and I would ask him to give me strength because I just, I, I just felt that my whole world, you know, had come uh, tumbling down. And I remember this was in June and um, I asked the Lord, you know, let me move. I, I'm ready. I'm ready to go somewhere else. And so in August, they called us, uh, one of our bishops called us and said, there's a church in Corpus Christi, Texas, that we want you to pastor. Well, that's three hours away from our home. And we had to uh, make a decision and step by faith and know that he had ordered our steps. And so we accepted. And even though I wanted to stay with Europe so much, because that was like my dream job, um, I knew that God was calling us to Corpus Christi. So my dad moved with us. We were there eight years. I taught only a year and a half in a classroom, which is really hard to go back to a classroom. Um, but I thank the Lord that he was there. And after a year and a half of teaching, I stepped by faith and I trusted in the Lord that he was going to provide. He was going to be our Jehovah Jireh, our provider. And um, he was. He, um, he allowed me to uh, purchase my dream car, uh, which that was like a miracle. It was a Lexus. And I was like, okay, I couldn't even afford this when I was working at Region <laughs> 1. Now that I'm a full-time pastor's wife, uh, God allowed me to purchase my dream car. Then he allowed us to purchase our dream home. And it was just, God was opening so many doors and I was just living um, under God's will. And when I felt that I had my whole life set, my whole life ready, Corpus Christi is such a beautiful city. Uh, that's when God calls us to Paraguay. And so even though we didn't know where Paraguay was, uh, now we do. It's the heart of South America. Uh, we moved by faith, not knowing where we were going to live, not knowing what we were going to drive, but we trusted in the Lord that that was his will. And we held to his hand as we do today. And we know that God is just doing the impossible because there's a verse in the Bible that says faith without works is dead. So we always say less of me and more of you increase my faith each and every day. Thank you, Rita. And, and as you were talking, I was thinking of some of the transitions that I've been through lately with retiring last year. It was not easy for me, but it was God's timing. It was the right timing uh, for me. And it ended and one of the things that I was afraid of was just that whole, you know, how they always have a celebration at the end and it gets so emotional. Yes. My celebration <laughs> was perfect. It was so beautiful. It was, I don't know. I was like, thank you, God, because you knew exactly what I needed. Wow. And then as my family and I were 
thinking of our next steps. I share with different people. We're moving, but we don't know where. And That's they were right. like, what? How could that be? I said, we're moving, but we're asking God to provide us with the direction and the guidance so that we know where we need to go, uh, what's the right place for us as a family. Um, and so people, people, my some of my very close friends were like, but how? And then a couple of groups where I've shared with them, because I have a prayer group every week, and I'm sharing them with them little by little so that they can understand because it's really tough for them to, to understand right. that. I said, but God, said, God okay. is the one who ordered our steps. He showed us where to go. That's when right. we got there, my, my husband, my daughter, he's got different jobs. I got an opportunity to rest because I've had some certain health conditions. So I got like six months to rest. God. And it, it wasn't my timing, it was God's timing. Yeah. And, and understanding that to trust and have that patience, it's not easy. <laughs> you know, I'm 52. <laughs> I haven't been the most patient person. People know me. I'm a type <laughs> A personality. Okay. <laughs> and they go, no, you're not. I'm like, yes, I am. But God has really worked on me. Right. and and I have learned that you know sometimes you just need to wait and ask right. for guidance and wait and see and sometimes we want to rush through everything and get our checklist done and do all these things and by the time we're done we're so tired um and we forget to ask God first you know say what do you want me to do next That's where right. do I need to serve next uh what do I need to do and and we have been also looking at charity and charitable works for us it has been helping the homeless in this community ever since we got here we've been donating and donating a mm. lot of things boxes and boxes of things but also food and also helping some of the homeless and that has been our calling as a family it was so clear uh how god would put people right in front of us and we're like okay we're supposed to serve this person we're supposed right. to serve this other person and also for me, it has been about sharing, sharing my experiences with other people because I always give God the glory. God is the one that put us here. He's the one that thought us our jobs. He's the one that did all these things for us. I don't really understand sometimes how it's happening, honestly. I really don't. Um, but I trust that God will provide. Amen. And yeah, so... <laughs> he always does he always does and uh and we don't have to understand everything either because mm -hmm. that's when you are living by spirit and you're living trusting god it's a very different kind of life amen and so when we're looking at where you are right now rita um and where i was telling you about how i grew up and you know, part of the community there, my grandma, she was an entrepreneur. She would mm -hmm. buy and resell clothes. She would do all kinds of things. And my um, my aunt, she had a little store that she ran from one of the bedrooms and people would come and buy different things, chips and stuff from her. And that was my tia Maria. And mm -hmm. my tio Jose, he would sell like, uh, you know, corn on the, co on the cob. 
or you know snow cones and he would take all the way around the neighborhood and then downtown so I got to see how much effort and how much work they had to do to make ends meet just to bring food every day but then through the generations I was able to see how through their work and their effort um, their children learned also to start their own stores they have their little stores different businesses and they were able to send their children to private schools and now their children have degrees in Mexico so it took yeah. a few generations but we were able to see them come out of poverty and be more like middle class we still have a few that are still struggling here and there but they're in a lot better situation but it did take some time so when you're looking at Paraguay and you're looking, you were telling us about the economy in Paraguay. Tell me a little bit about what you're working with on the ladies that are there that are that have different businesses and their dreams for their future. Amen. Paraguay is a third world country. And so Paraguay's economy is not that great. And we have been seeing a lot of the South Americas, particularly the same. I'm more familiar with Mexico, with Panama. And now that I'm living here in Paraguay, um, more than half of the people are below the poverty level. But God, because our, our people that we see that work in the streets, selling bananas, avocados, mangoes, uh, just trying to make ends meet, usually make more than people that are working in companies and in, in, um, factories because their minimum salary is making $15 a day working 12 hours. So sometimes it's better to work in the street selling other things than just getting a, a, a paycheck to paycheck. And that frustrates me. And it, 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 it just gets me upset because I see how the government, you know, doesn't, I want to say appreciate their workers, but they just don't get paid and they're not valued in, in how much uh, they receive on a monthly basis, like $300. And I always say, and I love that word that you use, but God, because I see the people that uh, serve the Lord and that they give their life to the Lord and they trust him. I see their money, how it amplifies God is the provider because we know that God is the owner of all the gold and all the silver and the people of God, they, I don't know how they do it. It's like a miracle um, how every time we go and, and we visit people in their homes, they always have fresh food, organic food. Uh, maybe they have their, you know, they killed some uh, a cow or a calf or something just to give us food, but it's always so fresh or las gallinas uh, caseras. The, the, and it's just so delicious because they make it with all their love. And I see how their economy from the people that trust in the Lord, how it grows. And, um, and that just brings me to these um, new entrepreneurs that I'm looking at. Uh, there's six ladies, and it's been hard uh, choosing um, who to continue helping and getting them out of poverty. And I chose six ladies. Uh, one of them is from Panama, 
also in the same situation of um, below poverty. She's educated. She's still, I think she makes a little bit more, uh, about $800 a month. But just looking at how much, you know, United States pays their, their workers and what's the minimum wage and, and how's the economy here in Paraguay, um, it, it's just so different. And, um, and I, I'm so blessed and I thank you, Norma, for this opportunity because I want uh, to be part of that, make a difference in their lives because these ladies they have started their business and they have um, uh, tried to get out of that poverty and try to get their families out of the poverty, but they also give back to the community. They hire people and they're also giving them the blessings that they're receiving from their little small businesses uh, that they have. So um, these six ladies, uh, I'm going to go by names because um, I want you to get to know them. And we're going to put on the GoFundMe link their bios. But I have Noemi Patino that she is a mother of two. And her husband also has a business uh, with the cell phones, fixing cell phones. And she has a business in sewing. So anything that you need from t-shirts to perfume to shoes, you name it. She sells online. She has a very prosperous business and she uh, hires other people and she goes out through the community and she's always trying to get help in trying to um, have them also be blessed by what she's receiving. Uh, I also have Ellie. Ellie Elizabeth Gasseris has a fruit business and she shares with her dad and her desires to expand her fruit business and go into a little um, uh, store. Right now they sell from their van and they've been prosperous and they see how they started with just one box. Now they have about 10 boxes. And so their dream is to continue expanding their fruit business. And her challenges is when it's cold or when it's rainy, they don't have a place, but they still need to be selling because that's their source of income. Uh, we also have Rosana Acosta O'Higgins, who makes modest clothing. She has like two professional machines where she uh, makes all these beautiful clothing from shirts to skirts to uh, just you name it. You, you give her a pattern and she's like, I can make that. And so she has already started her business. Uh, she's hired some help to delivery um, and she's wanting to expand, also get into a store and have a, a person, a higher person that will help her and also uh, purchase some other uh, sewing machines. And she's talking about embroidery machine and she's talking about uh, a cricket machine. And so her, her, um, her, she just wants to continue expanding her business. Uh, we have Luhan Hermosillo, who is married to uh, a young man. They just barely got married like two years ago. They have a, a, a juice company. She is a nutritionist and her desire is to open a consulting business and also have her juicing, her vitamins, just teach people how to take care of their bodies, 
and so they can live longer. So that's her desire is to open her own consulting business. Uh, we have Luz Marina Alvarez, who is also married, and her desire is to continue expanding her beauty salon. Uh, right now, she has three stations. She has hired some people to help uh, with manicures and pedicures and just beautifying the women. And her brother's also working as a barber. So her desire is to purchase uh, products that she can offer and to continue taking care of the whole uh, woman. Uh, and last but not least, we have Ruby Pyle from Panama. She hasn't opened a business. She is educated. She's working for a company. But her desire, since she has a young child, is to open a coffee shop for mom and me. So have a good coffee and the child plays in the playground and moms are talking and just getting to know and just, um, just a good enjoy a good cup of coffee while the child is playing in a playground. So that's her, her desire. So um, we have created a GoFundMe link and I thank the opportunity uh, for this Norma, for us to continue uh, being a blessing, not only to these six women, but I know as they continue expanding, they also going to invest in other rising entrepreneurs. They're also going to invest in other young ladies that are trying to open their business because these women are amazing. And uh, we have created a GoFund link. So if you um, have the desire to donate uh, from 50, 100, 150, 1,000, um, I know it's going to be a blessing to each and every one of them. But if there's one particular person that you want to help, just let me know. Just send us a message and that donation will go to that particular person. So thank you so much. God bless you. And thank you for this opportunity. I know that this is only the beginning for Paraguay and Paraguay is going to continue booming in Jesus name. Thank you so much for sharing that, Rita. And yeah. as we were talking about that, our faith also has to be alive and we also have to have you know, charity, charitable works. And so that is part of our, our faith is to praise, worship, do all those things, but also look at our charity. What do we do to give back? And so I that's see that right. this is something that's very important to you and you yes. wanna give back to that community. So thank you for doing that. And the link will be shared at the bottom of uh, when we upload this section. And yeah. I think that's it, unless you wanna add anything else before we close this segment, Rita. I, I just wanna say that God blesses a cheerful giver and we can never outgive God. I believe the secret, secret of being blessed is to give. And when we give, we donate, we um, give our time, of our money, of anything that we do in giving, God will continue blessing us back because we have seen that. So the more we give, the more we are blessed. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, I really have enjoyed um, having this conversation with you. And it's very personal for me because it's about our faith and That's it's right. about uh, what what is going on in our lives and how God is working in our lives. So mm -hmm. I think it's great to be able to share that with others 
Uh, and as I shared earlier, there's a lot of people who need that faith and need that hope. And I hope that by them listening to this, that they can see that there's always, God is always available to yeah. help them. And mm-hmm. um, all they need to do is just make some time to pray and and spend time with developing that relationship with God. So I thank you for joining us. So it's been great to talk to you. And we will see you next time on the next podcast with HTI Open Plaza. And uh, you all have a great day. Thank you so much. Thank you. God bless you. This has been an HTI production. For more information, visit us at htiopenplaza.org. The Hispanic Theological Initiative provides Open Plaza as a public service. The views expressed by the guests are their own. Their appearance on this program or any reference to a specific product or entity they represent does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation by HTI.